Welcome to Workforce Insight, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. I'm your host, Bushan Sethi, Joint Global People and Organization Leader at PwC. In each episode, you'll receive new ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. From new initiatives around purpose and upskilling to investments in technology and new ways of working, today's business leaders are considering how the world has changed and what employers need to do to help their employees thrive. In today's episode, we will discuss how firms are thinking through transformational change and leadership in a post-pandemic world. I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague and partner, Antonio Cusimano, one of our leaders in transformational change. Welcome, Antonio. Thanks, Bhushan. Excited to be here with you today. Great. So you've listened to a few episodes. You know the drill. The fun question is, what's your favorite streaming series? <laughs> I was so glad to get this question. So I'm a big foodie, and my current favorite is the Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat series. It's a fabulous extension of Samreen Nosrat's book of the same name. She visits various countries, bringing to life, for example, how fat is integral to cooking and influences taste. My favorite takes her to Italy, to the very top of a mountain in the Liguria province in Italy, where a famous olive is grown. She shows how the olives are harvested, sort of working them down the hill. It's a wonderful visual. But then, of course, the most important is we learn how to make traditional focaccia bread laced with the fruity olive oil that they harvested. So it's been inspiring me to get out of my home office and into the kitchen. So nice. You're making me hungry and miss travel. So... When we think about transformational change, you and I have been working together for a number of years on these topics. How are you seeing that transformational change agenda right now for your clients? What do you see as the biggest priorities? I've been working around the transformation agendas of companies for the better part of 25 years now. And I'd observed two things about the agenda, both what's on the agenda and how it's evolved and how companies are driving the agenda. 25 years ago, the agenda was focused on things like the implementation of ERP systems, cost-cutting, globalization. Today, I really feel the agenda has evolved. Companies are including things like purpose and vision. They're including in the business strategy, a strategy that is inclusive of not just profit, but the ESG drivers to make a sustainable impact. Diversity, equity, and inclusion as pillars and part of that business strategy. They're also focusing on operating models and organization structures and business models. I think a lot of that has to do with the consumption-based models that are disrupting how business models are delivered today. But there's a real focus on operating model and organization structure. And are we set up and have the right capabilities and design to make that happen? Culture and how culture accelerates strategy is on the agenda, technology, but it's not about ERP implementation anymore, although we're doing a lot of upgrades. It's really focused on digitization of work and the experience of work. And then, of course, in this post-pandemic world, talent, who they are, where they are, and how we develop them. Those are things that I see with respect to what's on the transformation agenda. I'll observe very quickly what I see how transformation agendas get delivered. 25 years ago, it was all about communications and training. And we told people what to do, and then we trained them in how to do it. So we see today in how 
leaders are driving their agendas. They're much more self-aware about the role that they play in the execution of the transformation agenda. There's a deep focus on the enterprise execution roadmap. How are we going to actually implement this? There's a lot more focus on governance and decision-making. And there's incredible focus on making sure we have the right people with the right skills to actually deliver. What I'm hearing is it's definitely got more holistic and it's definitely more multi-threaded, whether it, you know, it's strategy-driven, it's purpose-led. There's pieces around how you organize work, the talent and the, the change of communication still is really important. So then, Tony, a number of companies still implement technology. A number of companies still work on integrating new acquisitions and do not see the benefits that they envisioned earlier. And some of those systemic issues relate to their ability to change. So how do you reconcile that it's got broader, yet we're still seeing a number of companies struggling with driving change in their organization? I think it all boils down to execution. And this is probably the single most important thing that I see leaders need to be deliberate on when thinking about the execution of their business strategy. And it's actually planning execution and being thoughtful about it. I'll just give a couple of different examples from recent experience over the last couple of years. I worked with a leadership team with a company who was making a fundamental shift in their business model to a more consumption-based model. So business model transformation, they had clearly defined a purpose. They had communicated to their customer base that they're making this transformation. And the leadership team recognized that they had gaps in talent and skills. And so they said, we need to really focus on defining the North Star of what are the skills that we need in order to execute this plan. We need to understand where the gaps are. And then we need to have a tactical plan to close the gap so that we're strategic about it. So we spent time with the leadership team and their next level down leaders as well. And consistently, interview after interview, whether it was stated in the first sentence or paragraph when we were talking with them, or it came up in conversation, the refrain was, well, talent is absolutely pivotal. We have to get the right talent in here. But we also need to consider things like operating model and behaviors and the performance management structure. And so there was a recognition that we are solving for an important problem, but we are doing so in a siloed manner that doesn't allow us to actually holistically create an execution plan that's going to help us to get there. And That is a consistent theme that I see project after project. I'm working, just finished up a project with an organization. And the senior leadership team recognized they needed the enterprise roadmap. But through the course of conversations with the leadership team, realized that they didn't yet have the governance model, the structure, or quite frankly, the leadership trust needed to actually drive that enterprise execution roadmap. And so the will was there, but the skill in the organization and with the leadership team was not there. So companies are circling around this idea, but having a plan, being thoughtful about what are we doing? How are we going to get there? What role does governance play? Those are things that I'm seeing consistently as needing to focus on in order to actually help companies get to that execution piece. We're talking about transformational change today, but we cannot look at that in isolation of the broader business transformation. And many of our clients over the years have tried to establish a transformation capability, which, as you said, includes the impact on business strategy. 
How would you assess our clients' abilities to establish those capabilities? What are they doing well? What do they still need to do as institutions? A couple of things come to mind. The first of which is governance and decision-making. And I know this may come a little bit out of order for many. But I will say, having worked with a number of different companies recently, the single most important thing that they're struggling with is who owns the decision. So many companies are consensus-based in their decision process because they want to have an inclusivity of voices. But they've confused that with the ability to make a decision and progress that decision forward. And so that would probably be one of the first things that I would define. And it's a great point. And how you make decisions, whether that's decisions on investments in technology, the business case investments, how do we break down some of the silos? I think that's so critical. If we think about today's environment, entering the post-pandemic world, we're driving a ton of change with organizations, either remote or hybrid. You see the pandemic as accelerating change. What impact has working in a remote or hybrid work environment? How has that changed how our clients have thought about transformation? In many respects, it's accelerated the employee value proposition in an organization. I would observe sort of three things that have been accelerated in thinking about what is the employee value proposition now to work at a company when theoretically now, your physical location really doesn't matter as much. The first thing I would observe would be that companies are focusing on the actual experience that they're trying to create for employees as they come back into the office post-pandemic. And honestly, what that needs to look like for the next couple of years. So for example, I'm working with a client right now who is designing their remote work policy. And they had seven work streams working on everything from safety in the workplace to how people physically are going to be situated in the office to how are we going to communicate and train managers on hybrid work. But the single most important thing that they had missed was what is the experience we want to create as people come back to the work environment? And we spent time articulating what that meant because each of the seven work streams was working toward a common goal, but they hadn't established that vision. And I see more and more companies are taking a step back and saying, how do we use this as an opportunity to actually reignite what it means to work for us? Not just from a physical workspace through that lens, but also the experience of actually what it means to work for our organization. And that was the aha that this company that I was working with and have been working with came to is what do we want this place to look like, feel like? What do we want our employees to know, believe, and do? And I think that's probably one of the important questions that many companies are asking themselves right now as they think about talent and bringing talent back and how the workplace is going to evolve. And the pandemic, Antonio, has taught us that taking a personalized approach to how your employees are feeling and how you motivate and engage is so important. I think for those of us who've been saying you've got to take a segmented approach to how you drive transformational change, that is back now. I mean, companies have to do that. That could be a generational thing. It could be a situational thing. But there's no one-size-fits-all change program anymore for organizations. You mentioned purpose and culture. We know that culture has got such an important focus right now in a hybrid world, in a post-pandemic world. There's a big role of inclusive leadership. What are we advising clients around inclusive leadership and how you drive a transformational change in today's environment from a leadership perspective? 
So from a leadership perspective, Bhushan, what we are starting to see is a couple of things. One, purpose creates the North Star for the impact and difference that an organization is making. And being able to articulate that as a leader gives an employee the comfort of, I'm making a difference working at this company. Second, from a culture lens, what does it look like day to day, the behaviors, the symbols, the actions in working here? And leaders need to be deliberate in what are those critical few behaviors that are going to signal how we do things around here, what an inclusive workplace looks like, what a workplace that values well-being looks like. And lastly, we haven't yet touched on this, but there's this dimension of trust. When employees see day-to-day the actions and the behaviors and the North Star consistently reinforced by leaders through the structural elements of performance management and through communications and how decisions are taken, trust is built. And I believe that fundamentally over the next many years, as we situate and resituate ourselves in post-pandemic world, that that purpose, the culture and behaviors and trust is actually going to be sort of the, the critical few that are going to be pivotal for leaders to focus on. Great. So a big role for leaders right now, no inclusive leadership playbook in terms of how you do that in a hybrid environment, but you know, a lot of focus for our clients right now. I think one of the things we've also got to acknowledge, Antonia, is globally, when we think about our clients, employees are at different places based on reopening, based on employee confidence, based on strength of local economy. So as we work with clients on their global transformational changes, this was a challenge before in terms of figuring out what you can do globally and understanding local employees and resistance to change based on national culture. Our Hopes and Fears survey really highlights that there's parts of the world that are much more confident in terms of employees like India and China than others in different parts of Europe. Any thoughts there as you've managed lots of global transformational changes? A few things, Bhushan, that I would observe globally is there's a human experience that really underpins all of the thinking that is being done within different companies which is how do we bring our people back to an organization that they see values their health, their safety, and their well-being. And I think that that's consistent, particularly as we see data, even as recently as our March return to work survey that shows that people are interested and want to come back to the workplace in a hybrid way, but they also want to come back to a workplace that is cognizant of their well-being and their health and safety. So I think globally, there's consistency in clients that I've been working with of wanting to create that experience for all. I think where the nuances are coming in as people are returning to work is I see the nuances in how and what that looks like. So I'll give you an example. I'm working with a company globally and they have operations in Europe and they have operations in Asia and they have operations here in the U.S. And their approach is consistent in the elements that I talked about. We want to create a safe, inclusive workplace. And we want people to be excited to come back to work in the right ways and the right modalities. But what they've done is they've created more flexibility by country because some of their folks in EMEA are struggling with getting their vaccines. And so their plans to come back are being staggered based on the unique needs of that population versus here in the U.S. They have fully re-retrofitted the offices. 
They've identified the modalities and how and who is going to come back and when. And they're working through now communications and engagement with the employees in how they're going to do that and what that's going to look like. So I think that companies are being very thoughtful about what's consistent around the experience that they want to create when folks come back. But I think they're doing a really nice job of being thoughtful about the nuances by country, given what's happening politically, economically, health-wise with vaccines and the rollout and such. And what I love about that example, Antonia, is that can also factor into their business case. So the business case for the transformational change needs to bake in different levels of adoption for different external reasons in different environments. And we haven't historically done a great job of that. We've bet on technology. We haven't got the sustainable productivity gains that we've all written business cases for in the last 25 years. And so I think the pandemic has highlighted that these human factors around well-being and reskilling and recovery and different levels of adoption need to be baked in for a realistic business case. And we need to get our stakeholders aligned around those topics. So, Antonio, as we look to wrap this up, what are the key actions you would provide to leaders who are embarking on or driving a transformational change today? So there are a couple of things that I would think about. And one is systemic. What I would observe is most companies today have a fairly static strategic planning process that may be refreshed yearly, may be refreshed biannually, may be refreshed quarterly. And I think that in order to sustain an ongoing conversation around the actual transformation agenda, I think there needs to be more agility in the strategic planning process. And that process needs to be inclusive of the things that we've talked about. Things around operating model, culture, customer employee experience, purpose, ESG, diversity and inclusion and equity. Things that are being talked about. My second recommendation, which is around the execution roadmap, your transformation agenda. It's one thing to establish a transformation agenda and a set of priorities. That's terrific. But if you don't have an actual execution plan and someone responsible for making sure that we think holistically at an enterprise level as leaders and not just individually within our silos and our business units, then you're going to miss the opportunity to actually put pen to paper and make change stick. And then lastly, it's really focusing on that employee experience and the experience of leaders. What is our culture and how do we evolve our culture through the talent lens? How do we need to create an experience, whether that's through upskilling, through well-being programs, through total rewards, really putting the employee at the center? Leaders play a pivotal role in each of those three topics. Number one, they can lean into the strategic planning process. They can be part of the enterprise conversation of how we as a team are going to execute that process and how they can demonstrate to employees what it looks like to go through that change. And that's, at the end of the day, what what I think employees are looking for. They're looking to be inspired by leaders. They're looking for a shared purpose and vision and a clear roadmap for how to get there that's inclusive of an experience and how I can make this place better and how I can help achieve that agenda. And I think that's the great opportunity for a number of businesses, Antonia, right now is making it, as you said, part of the strategic agenda, making it leader-led and appropriately applying resources to it to get this funded, to get this done. There's still a business as usual that number our clients have to operate within. So making sure that you've got the appropriate financial and human resources dedicated to drive the success of any transformational change is going to be so critical. 
Thank you so much for your time, Antonia. It's been a really great discussion, really great pragmatic insights. It's been really exciting to actually look back at some of the history and lessons learned and and also look forward to how firms can take the opportunities and the learnings in the pandemic to drive that transformational agenda forward. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this episode of Workforce Inside. Please visit our website for more insights on how to tackle your organization's workforce challenges. And please subscribe to this podcast series. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.